Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with us here today. I appreciate you. I appreciate, you know, I mean, I know that it takes time out of your day to invest first and foremost in yourself, but also to listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth and these amazing authors that I bring to you. Today, um, we really want to focus on those of you that are, um, you know, maybe you're parallelpreneurs, meaning that you have your own company, uh, you have your own business that you've started, but you're still working in a job, um, or those of you who your way to live as a thriving entrepreneur is to be the best you you can be in the company that you work for. Even if you are, uh, you know, self-employed, you have your own company, that applies as well because you want to be the best employee in the company at your company too, right? So it really kind of covers all of you, but I really want to focus in on that kind of concept of what really works when it comes to advancing and accelerating ourselves in the career that we've chosen. Again, it really doesn't matter what uh, what type of career that is. It really does matter um, that we're number one working within our passion. Uh, Kathy and I were having a conversation the other day and I won't mention who it was we were talking about, but um, we were talking about the fact that this person, um, you know, has massive potential, but it's my personal opinion and, you know, my opinion and five bucks and you can get about half of the coffees on the menu at Starbucks, um, depending on size. And, um, you know, my opinion is, is that it's because this person has a skill, but they did it because it's a hobby they enjoy and not that driving passion in their life. So let me take a second to kind of really hone that in for you. A lot of you know that one of the main things that I do is help people find clarity. What does clarity look like? Clarity means taking what is and reframing into something that's powerful for you because clarity is powerful. Um, you know, whether it be our authors, you know, I do the book writing session with authors and always, always they say to me, does this make any sense? By the end of the time, we have put together an amazing story and I can read it back to them. And they're like, wow, that's exactly what I wanted. Um, I love that ability to take chaos um, and hone it into clarity, clear messaging, a clear intent and a clear purpose. And it's with that in mind that I want to talk to you as we're starting, you know, if you want to call this the preamble to the show, um, as we're starting in today's episode, I really want to help you get clear on what does it mean when I say that you're living in your passion, that you're doing that thing 
that only you can do. I remember the first time I heard that. Um, it wasn't that long ago, actually. It was probably four or five years ago. The first time I heard somebody use that phrase, do only the things in your business that only you can do. Um, and that can be really tough, especially if our business is going from, you know, just us to having more people because, you know, we know that we can do everything in our business. So when we first look at it, we're like, well, what is the thing that only I can do? Well, all of it, <laughs> right? You know, I can do all of it. Um, and in fact, it's very likely that because, you know, your business is your baby, your career is based out of who you were meant to be in the world, those kind of things, um, that you will always be the best at all of the things that you do than anybody else. It's your gifting. It's who you are. But you see, there's a difference between doing everything because you can and doing the things that you should do. You see, deep within you is this gifting, this seed of who you really truly are. And that is a powerful force if you allow it to come out from its shell, as it will, to grow, to bloom, to blossom, and become that person that you are. Often we fight it. There's two reasons why. Number one is, is that it's so easy for you. You know, you don't need anybody to help you know how to do that thing. In fact, you do it so easily, so gracefully, that you don't even realize that you do it. Um, you know, I always use the uh, example of house cleaning. And, uh, you know, I've been in some people's houses. My mother was an amazing house cleaner. Um, you know, and I've been in houses with people who cleaning was just not their thing. Their house was always a mess. You see, it is a gifting. But for you, if you grew up your whole life, you know, your mom was the kind of person who was very clean and you are a very clean person and you keep a neat, tidy house, you just figure everybody does. I mean, unless you have a friend that's just a real slob and you're like, oh, well, I'm glad that I'm not like them. And even in that, you it's so easy for all of us to assume that that person isn't doing it because they're lazy, because they um, aren't putting in the time. I'll give you a perfect example from my own life. Weight. All, all of you that know me know that I have struggled most of my life with my weight. Um, you know, and although I feel really good about the place that I'm in, um, you know, I'll tell you honestly, even sometimes I am afraid to talk about the weight that I've lost recently on the show. Because I've talked in times previous, and I've done really well before, and I've, you know, slipped and fallen, and, you know, been in a worse place than I was when I started on other shows here on, the, you know, here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Um, you know, the thing about it is, is that I also knew people who eat 10 times worse than I ever eat never exercise. And I'm not talking about 20 year olds, you know, I'm not talking about when you remember when you were 20 and you could just eat anything and it just, you just went on without your life. You didn't gain a pound. Um, 
we don't have that metabolism at 50, do we? Um, but, you know, there are still some people that are in their 40s, their 50s, that they seemingly eat anything they want. And it just is not an issue for them. They don't ever seem to gain a pound. Um, you know, or there are those people who, for them, food is, um, it's not a difficulty. They eat a half a sandwich and they're totally satisfied and they don't have food cravings. There are people that that just comes easily to them. And often there are people who, because it's so easy for them, they look at folks like myself um, and they say, you know, well, if that person would just stop bending their elbow, you ever heard that phrase? Um, you know, if they just were serious about it. Um, I was actually in a group and, and a person that I really respect actually said to me, he's like, well, you know, really, um, you know, eating right and exercising for 15 or 30 minutes a day, that's like, what, an hour out of your day. So what are you doing with the rest of your day? And, and I had to explain to him that it's like, you know, when you're at the pl place that I am, both medically as well as physiologically, it's an all-day process. It's something that you have to focus on all day long. And so the reason why I use those examples is because for each of us, there is that thing that's really easy for us. And we tend to look at the world around us and either one, assume that people, um, anybody can do it. And so we just totally discount it. Or two, that, um, that it's just no big deal. So either everybody can do it or everybody could do it, but some of them just don't choose to do it. And that's not the case with your gifting. You are special and unique and the things that you can do are the things that only you can do. So you have to hone in on what is that thing? You see the other side, I, you know, I told you that's number one is, is that it's so easy for us that we discount it. Number two is, is, is that it doesn't feel sexy enough to us. You know, it isn't exciting enough. Um, and so we end up not wanting to do it because the thing that is exciting to us isn't something that we're gifted at. Um, I was reading a book just this last week and he was talking about how the physical frame of um, sprinters versus the physical frame of swimmers and uh, don't ask me to quote what what the difference is but there is a physiological difference in height um, and uh, leg length and arm length and torso length and those kind of things between Olympic athletes um, and the particular sport that they're in. And he said that if if that person, even though they're a gold medalist, was to compete in the other sport, they likely would not do well at all because their bodies are not shaped and designed for that. Um, and the same thing becomes true when we talk about uh, the things that really are sexy to us but aren't our gifting. We have this thing over here that we do so easily. The world keeps bringing it to us. And we're like, yeah, but, you know, that's not really that interesting to me. And so we move off over to the right, over to this thing that's very appealing to us, but isn't 
our gifting. And so we work and we work hard at it. We put in diligent, hard work. And we have a level of success, maybe, but it never really totally comes to the point that it could because we're trying to be somebody else. A lot of times I see this with with all of us, with um, uh, you know, with careers uh, of people we want to emulate. We look at so-and-so, um, and that's good, and we're even going to talk about some skills that can come from that. But it's when we go beyond the gleaning from them and learning powerful skills to the wanting to be them, as opposed to being us, learning how we can learn how to apply those skills into our lives. We just want to be them. You know, everybody looks at Oprah Winfrey and they want to, you know, there's a, there's a huge gap where Oprah used to be. Um, and a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people say they want to be the next Oprah. I would love for somebody to fill that space in daytime television to really make the next generation feel like they're empowered in the way that Oprah helped us grow. But I want them to do it as them. We had an amazing Oprah. Now we need an amazing you. You see, your gifting is that thing that's going to keep coming back to you. And most of the time, it shows up in everything you say and everything you do. You give help and advice to people. In fact, a lot of times the reason why you don't do it is because you do it for free. You're giving away your gifting. And to some extent, that isn't always bad. But you're so used to giving it away that you have no value in it yourself. And therefore, you don't see it as a viable way of building your career, way of growing your company. You don't see it as being that thing that only you can do because after all, you just, you know, that's just things that I advise people on. That's just helpful tips that I give to my friends. You know, it's no big deal, right? Actually, it's a huge deal. There are people who cannot, and no matter how hard they try, they never will have your talent. I have two cousins, both of them in high school played football. Um, one of my cousins was a natural athlete. He, in fact, in high school, he was that, you know, rock star athlete. And he didn't work real hard at it, honestly. He would, he would tell you that today that in high school he took it for granted and he didn't really put in the effort he should have. His brother um, was not really physiologically gifted in that area. He wasn't talented necessarily. I can, I can put myself in that category. When I played football in high school, uh, one of my coaches actually said that they appreciated that I understood that I was never gonna be the star but that I could work really hard. And that was what my other cousin was. He was the guy that outworked everybody on the field. Um, when it came time for college, um, my one cousin that was a very hard worker, um, you know, he didn't pursue a football career. He went on to college, um, studied something in engineering, and, and went on to to have the great life that was the life he was meant to. Um, so 
that was okay. The other cousin went on to college and learned very quickly that if he wanted to continue on pursuing football, he was going to have to adopt that hard work. That his talent had gotten him that far, and now he needed to bring some hard work with that. And so what I'm saying is, is that both of them did very well. In fact, my hardworking cousin probably actually did better in high school, but it wasn't his gifting. And no matter how hard he worked at it, there were no colleges looking at him to give them to give him scholarships to go on for football. His brother, who wasn't really putting in that much effort, got scholarships, went on, and actually even played professional for just a little while. Um, you know, and that's just how our giftings show up. You see, today we're going to give you some really powerful advice. But the first piece of that powerful advice on advancing your career in life is you need to really know clearly who you are and what your talents are. And then you need to focus yourself not on being that sexy thing that looks appealing to you, but really living out that passion, that gifting, that talent within you. When you really focus on that and you apply some of these skills that this international best-selling author is going to share with us today, you will find that you are living as a thriving entrepreneur. We're going to take our first commercial break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to WeHelp youthrive.com check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today welcome back to thriving entrepreneur welcome back this is steve thanks for listening to thriving entrepreneur today today we want to talk about accelerating your career. We want, whether it's the business you own or the company you work for, we want you to be the rock star there. We want you to accelerate your career like never before. And I have got an amazing, powerful, best-selling author that's going to help us with just that. Hmm. All right, let's talk about working hard and moving up in your career. Are you ready to accelerate your career 10 times faster? I don't know about you, but I'm interested in this. Today I'm joined by international best-selling author, Crystal Khalil, as she talks about her book, Hard Workers Work Hard and Networkers Move Up, Accelerating Your Career 10X Faster. Hi, Crystal, how are you today? I'm great, 
Steve, how are you? Doing good, thanks. So tell us a little bit about you and your background. So I have been in procurement and supply chain for over 30 years. And I've grown my career from first generation college student to becoming um, the first African-American executive for Porsche Cars North America. Porsche cars, like the Porsche, right? Yes. Ooh. <laughs> All right, well, I know who to come to next time. I want to buy a nice car. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what, uh, what do you do for Porsche? I am the head of procurement, so that is purchasing of all indirect spend, which is everything that goes in the operations of getting the cars from um, the port to our dealers. This may be a total left turn in Albuquerque, but I heard a story many years ago, back when David Bowie was alive, um, that he bought a car from overseas and as is the case for many cars that drive on the Autobahn, um, you know, it came with the harness type of seatbelt. And they actually mm. made him change out of the racing harness to a shoulder strap. Is that still true or is that just an urban legend? <laughs> I, I you know what? I don't know. It's probably, you know, it's probably related to, to the seatbelt laws in the U.S., but I don't know that for sure. <laughs> Okay. Like you said, left turn at Albuquerque it has nothing to do with your book, but um, that, that, that's always interested me. <laughs> hard workers work hard and networkers move up. So um, let's, let's define a couple of things for people first. What do you mean by that? Hard workers work hard and networkers move up. So it's, it's based on something I learned early in my career. Um, I was a hard worker and I, my intent was to always exceed expectations. So I was a head down, hardworking person. You know, I was going to be the one to stay late and, and get my stuff in on time and exceed expectations. And one day I had a discussion with the leader of my organization and I was frustrated because I was not moving up. Um, because I thought hard work alone should speak for itself and that I should get promoted. And I was seeing other people get promoted who I felt didn't work as hard as I did. And he explained to me that, you know, yes, he agreed. He saw that I was working hard, but that was all that I would ever be is a hard worker if I didn't learn to start networking with my colleagues and people in the organization. And he explained that, you know, people are hired, fired, promoted and demoted over drinks and golf and happy hour and you know you build connections to get to the next level and I, and I wasn't doing any of that so I was really I was really disappointed and surprised because again I was working on the fact that I thought hard work alone would, would get me to the top but it was the best lesson that I ever learned in my career and that's been my mantra ever since I wasn't able to change it at that particular company because I'd already established you know who I was and it felt inauthentic to try and be anything else but once I left that company I adopted the mantra hard workers work hard networkers move up and I became intent on building the connections to get me to the next level authentic connections and get out of my shell out of my comfort zone of just being a hard worker so that's what I mean in the book hard workers if you just 
if you're just focused on performance alone, it's not enough to get you to the top. Image and exposure account for 90% of the growth factor. So that's what I mean by the, the, the networking piece. That's such a huge number. I mean, come on, yeah. 10% of our overall success exactly. is from working hard. Yep. It's, it's, makes, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it almost makes you want to go back and go, but it's, mom. It's hard to believe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, it's based on the principle that, you know, exceeding expectations and working hard is a given. Yes, you need to be a hard worker. Yes, you need to, to do the right things and, and you need to exceed expectations. But it's such a small percentage of the growth factor. And I show in the book how many companies evaluate talent based on performance and potential. And if you're a high performer with zero potential, then you're not, you're not identified as talent that they want to move up in the organization. So how do you build the potential? And that's what I focus on. How do, how do you go from that hard worker with zero potential to someone that the organization looks at as star talent, somebody that they want to move up? So where's the balance? I mean, because we all also know those people that all they are is the fun guy at work. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm -hmm. there, there, you ha definitely have to have balance because if you're overexposed in any of the three factors of the pie, your performance, image, or exposure, if you're overexposed, it's, it's just as bad as being underexposed. So if you are, if you have too much exposure, but you're not doing a good job, up on your work or your image is not great then you get a bad reputation right for be always being on the scene but your but your work doesn't doesn't show for it um, if your image is, is not um, correct or, or, or not up to par for the organization but you have a lot of exposure you know so either way that it goes you have to find a balance and it's it's a it's a work in progress but if you're focused on it You'll, you'll be better prepared to maximize it. So it is definitely a, a balancing act. Well, that's good at least. I was afraid that you're gonna tell me that um, all those times when I was like, but that guy goes and takes a cigarette break like every five minutes, it seems like. <laughs> and we're gonna get the promotion at work. <laughs> no, but see that guy has to worry about what is, what, what is his image? If, you're, if your perception of him is that he's taking a cigarette break every five minutes, then his image is being negatively affected by that. Okay, good. Well, I feel better about myself. Of course, this may also be one of the reasons why I've been <laughs> self-employed my whole life. <laughs> All right. So let's talk specifically about um, networking. I mean, what is the good kind of networking to do within the company you work for? So the first thing I, you know, I would tell somebody is in networking, the, the, the best thing to do is extend yourself first. Be involved in projects and activities, be a problem solver and be seen as a, as a team player. So don't always look for what other people can do for you. Um, 
by networking, I'm not meaning going to every event and handing out business cards to everybody and being the person that's, that's seen on every scene. That's, that's not what I mean by networking. It's more building those authentic connections where people see you as somebody that's helpful and authentic and someone that they can trust because people, you know, promote others who they, they know, like, and trust. So you want to build those relationships and where people know that they can count on you and that you're, you're somebody that they like. So extend yourself first, start serving other people, and then you'll start to build those authentic connections. So, all right, you said before that you had already blown that reputation at the first company. So is anybody that's just really been nose down working hard is step one, they need to go get a different job? No, no, I was young and I didn't know how to change it. If you have, it's, it is very, very difficult to change in an existing organization where you've already established yourself, but you can. Um, I've seen it happen with some of my own employees, with coaching and, and mentoring and helping them. I've seen them change that image. It's just, it's, it takes time. Because now you have to change the image in the perception that people already have of you. But it can be done. I kind of feel like maybe I'm missing a little piece in it because obviously there must be something with the working hard that is in addition to that that, that the people are lacking too. Because it seems like, you know, a person who's working really hard, if you then got to know them, you'd be like... That's totally the guy I want to, you know, but um, it seems like maybe there's another element in there. What am I missing? So if, you, if you're a hard worker, like there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I, I, and I point that out in the book. There's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with just being a hard worker. But if you're the person that goes into the office every day and you sit at your desk and you do your job and you're clocking out on time, or you're staying late, but you're not, you're not getting out, you're not involved in activities in the organization, you're not involved in social networks, um, you're not on project teams, you're not the first one to raise your hand for something outside of your basic scope of work, then what happens is you kind of get pigeonholed in that position, and you become the high performer with low potential. So how do you transform from the high performer with low potential to someone that's looked at for promotion opportunities. That's by getting your name out there because you have to build mentors and sponsors. You need a sponsor to get to every new level. And if, they, if you're the hardest worker in a company, but nobody knows you, then how, how will you ever build those sponsors to get you to the next level? And a sponsor is the person that speaks for you when you're not in the room. That's when an opportunity comes up and they say, hey, what about Steve? Have we considered Steve for this job? Have we considered Steve for this promotion? If you, don't, if you haven't built those connections, then those people aren't, you haven't built, you know, the sponsors to speak for you when you're not in the room. Oh, wow. I just had like six epiphanies right there during that last conversation, that last uh, answer you were giving. <laughs> uh, that makes a lot of wow. sense. Yeah. The, uh, the kind of people who they work hard, but they're in, they put themselves in a box as opposed to looking yes, for more opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. 
I even am now thinking of a place that I worked. Um, and although I was technically a, you know, consultant for the company because it was growing that quickly, I went from being that we wish we could have Steve in the company to kind of that forgotten guy. And I think I know now why. Mm. I mean, part of it was because I was 25. Wow. So, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. Makes sense. It, it's easy to do. It's easy to do. And that's why I call it the hard work trap. You kind of get sucked in. And then if you're not intentional or aware of what you're doing to yourself, because we are in control of it then you look up one day and it's been five years, 10 years, 15 years, and you're still doing the same job. And I've experienced those people throughout my career. I can totally see now what you mean by how your belief system can sabotage your professional growth for somebody that's a hard worker. Cause that kind of seems counterintuitive, but I get it now. Yes. Yes. And especially when, when you're when you come from a you know you're a first generation professional or college graduate or you you know your parents were immigrants or you know you come from that type of background where you know hard work is is the norm it's expected you have to exceed expectations and you need to prove yourself every day then you you get into this you get into the trap where you're proving yourself you're working hard you're grinding your gears but you're getting nowhere and what I would like for people to do is stop, assess the situation, hold your head up, and then evaluate your pie. What am I doing wrong? If your pie is 90% performance and 10% image and exposure, something's wrong. And then you have to work on changing that. You have to work. I think that's important for us to understand that, you know, there is still a place for hard work, but there are some skills and some tricks that you need to learn in order to be able to be seen, to be visible and valuable, and really effectively move up in what you're doing in your career and really have that advancement that you're looking for. That's what it's gonna take for you in your career to live as a thriving entrepreneur. Don't go away. We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. 
I'm joined today with Crystal Khalil, and we are talking about how networkers move up. Hard workers work hard, but it's networkers that move up. I want to jump right back into our conversation. We were talking about um, the importance of hard work, but yet what also doesn't result from hard work alone. I think of my grandfather who is was the hardest working person I've ever known. But yet mm-hmm. when he retired, he felt like he was rich because his social security was like $400 a month. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It, it's it, awareness is everything. You know, we only know what we know. And that's why I say, you know, your lid, hard work can get, you can achieve, you can definitely achieve success with hard work, but the ceiling is low. The lid is low. The, the most successful people are great networkers. They know how to get their name out there. They know how to ask for help. They know how to build the connection for success. And they are getting tapped on the shoulder for opportunities all the time. If you're not getting tapped on the shoulder for opportunities, you're not maximizing your pie. Hmm. Boy, I usually ask my authors, you know, what what advice would you give your younger self if you could go back in time? Um, And I do want you to answer that in just a second here, but I I can tell you that I wish I could have had this conversation with you (laughs) 20 or 30 years (laughs) ago. So what would you do? What advice would you give yourself if you could go back in time and talk to the 20 or 22 year old version of yourself? Mm, I, you know, it's, I hear that often. And and that's like the number one review that I'm hearing from my book is I wish I had this book 20 years, 30 years ago. And I'm, I am really grateful that I did get that message early in my career. It's the best advice that I've ever received. And I have been um, pushing that. I didn't, I didn't know what it was at, at, you know, I, I had the message, hard workers work hard, networkers move up, but I didn't understand the maximizing my pie piece until a lot later in my career. So if I could put this picture together in this book and hand it to myself at 20, at 20, 21 years old, I would really, I would really be a lot further along in my career because I've gone through the stages of, you know, individualism and where I, where I was, I had a red mohawk when that was time in corporate America, you know, and all, you know, just the the changes of growth and maturity and trying to find who I am. And I think if I, if I'd have had a blueprint a lot earlier in my career, I could have been more intentional and I probably would be a lot farther than I am today. Okay. So let's get really specific. You have decided, you know, somebody's listening, they've decided I want to move up. I want to really effectively network. What would be step one? What should they go do first? The first thing I would tell them to do is analyze yourself. Look inwards first. Before you you go out, look inward and figure out how how did you get here and what do we need to improve on? So draw out your pie. Where is it that you are either underperforming or overperforming? Where are you overexposed or underexposed? And what do you need to focus on? And just do that 
self-evaluation. And then once you understand where you are and how we got there, then we map out a plan for what's, how do we move forward? You know, how do you, how do you change, how do you change this? Like there's, I give an example in there of, of salary. You know, I, I've had a lot of conversation with my mentees where they're, they're unhappy with, with their salary and they've been working in a, in a company for a long time. And, you know, how do I change this? How do I grow my salary? Well, first thing you need to do is look at, okay, what is your job description? Are you performing? Are you doing more than what's on your job description? Because the company offered you a job, you accepted it, it came with a pay, right? Most companies that, that um, appreciate talent then benchmark their salaries against the, against the market using, using market studies. So they know what a salary range is. And it's, it's you know, it can, it, there's a low, mid, and high. So you're somewhere in there in that range typically. But if you have, if you've been working hard and exceeding those expectations and you've grown the job description, maybe you need to change that job description and work with your, work with your leadership to change the job description so that it, the next time they go out and do the comparison, maybe the comparison will come back higher. Maybe you should be paid more. Maybe you've outgrown that role. Maybe you are too comfortable where you are and you need to figure out, have you sacrificed salary for comfort? And if that's the case, then what are you going to do? Are you going to continue to stay there or are you going to move out? Maybe it's a lateral move that you need to take in the organization to grow. Maybe you need to look outside of the organization, but you have to take control of your career and not sit there and just let it happen to you. And so that's why I deal with in the, in the book, I'm talking to people about you have to look at you and do a self-evaluation first and figure out how you got there and then come up with a plan for moving forward and really evaluate are you following are you following your purpose have are you do, doing what it is that you desire to do are you where you want to be are you living your life according to your your own path your own purpose or are you captivated by by your environment wow that's good so i evaluate myself i have a really clear idea of what i want do I then uh, go and find, uh, you know, a mentor, a sponsor within the company? Or do I, you know, go to some kind of office Christmas party or something? What, what would be next? You definitely want to find mentors. Um, and what you, the way that you do that is now that you've evaluated yourself, look around and see who's doing what it is you want to do already. If that's in your organization, who are the people in your organization that you admire, that you see moving up the corporate ladder, networking well, and then you reach out to them and say, hey, can I just have 15 to 30 minutes of your time? Maybe we go grab a coffee. I want to learn about you. I want to learn how you moved up the organization. And you and, and I've never reached out to anybody who said no. People love to talk about themselves, right? And you just say to them, I, I admire you. I, I see how you're moving through the organization. I want to grow. I want to make some changes. And I just want to ask you some questions about, you know, how you've nav navigated through the corporation. And if you could give me any advice to be successful. Reach out to people that you see already doing what it is you want to do, that you admire. And so once you start doing that, then you start building the, the mentor relationships and you may even build sponsor relationships that way. But you want to you find the people that are doing what it is you want to do. 
Mm, that's so good. So um, how far does that expand? I mean, should you keep that mostly within the company you're in or should you have a network of people outside of the company that you work in that are helping you with that as well? Both. Yes, you should definitely. Definitely have both because you want to build your external connections as well in case, it, in case you ever do want to move outside of the organization. But you always want to have your internal connections because your internal mentors can help you navigate that particular corporate culture. Your external mentors can help you on your own, um, maximizing your own uh, professional image and exposure. You can use them for benchmarking. You can talk to them about, you know, theoretical ideas. They can help you grow that way. But you want to also have those internals that know the corporate culture and can help you navigate that. Mm. This is also good. We really just need to talk for like two or three hours, have a clinic, have people on live, work somebody, you know, um, come back three months later. It's <laughs> <laughs> see how they're, how, they're, how they're doing. We, we need our whole own, um, you know, like reality show called Hard Workers Work Hard and Networkers Move Up. I like that idea, Steve. That's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> the key is I want people to get to a place where you are being tapped on the shoulder for opportunities, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're in corporate America. When you maximize your pie, people are tapping you on the shoulder. They're recommending you for opportunities. And you get to a place in your career where you don't have to look for a job anymore. When something, when a promotion opportunity comes up in the organization, somebody is tapping you saying, hey, did you see that job posting? Or hey, this opportunity is coming up and I think you would be great for it. I heard a great That's statistic. where we want to go. Yeah, I heard a great statistic from a friend of mine that um, actually works as a recruiter um, for a whole bunch of major corporations. And he said that over 80% I was blown away by this statistic. Over 80% of the jobs that are available right now in America are not listed anywhere. Yep. That is so true. Yeah. I'm not surprised by that. I, I, I'm not surprised by that because I see that happen in corporate America. Even when jobs are posted, a lot of times the hiring manager already has somebody in mind. If it's going to be an internal candidate, they already have them in mind. So the question we always have to ask ourselves is, who do we want to be? And what does it take to be that person? Exactly. And, it, and, it, and that, that involves coming outside of your comfort zone. And so, you know, in the book, I talk about the cycle of growth and, and realizing, you know, what it is what in your mindset has put you in this place and what do you need to change in your thinking and you have to get uh, real comfortable with being uncomfortable because it's uncomfortable to suddenly go from the hard worker to the networker it's very very uncomfortable and so you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and putting yourself out there and when I, when I learned this lesson early in my career, I wasn't comfortable with that uncomfortable. And that's why I had to leave that organization and start over. 
but you have to get to a point where you're comfortable with the uncomfortable and change and going through the the cycle of fear because it is scary because it's something different but you have to push through that fear to break through those glass ceilings so just to be really clear for people because we've given them so much information today um, if a person who's been listening to this wants to become a networker that moves up what is the very first thing they should do right after listening to this show buy the book <laughs> and then Absolutely. do the homework <laughs> do the homework and again the homework is looking at looking at yourself first cuz it's got to it starts with you you've got to make the decision that this is what you want to do and you've got to be prepared to step outside your comfort zone to make the necessary changes because when we know better we have the opportunity to take the actions necessary to do better and you know my mom used to always say when we know better we do better that's not true when we know better we have the opportunity to take the action to do better and the difference between successful people and unsuccessful people is that action hmm. so take a look inside figure out where you are and make the decision to start taking action. Somebody that's ready to uh, go even deeper with you than the book. Do they, do you have a way that they can contact you? Yes, they can reach me. I have a website, crystalkhalil.com. That's C-R-Y-S-T-A-L-K-H-A-L-I-L.com. You can always reach me there and on all social media channels. I'm at Crystal Khalil. That's awesome. The book is called Hard Workers Work Hard and Networkers Move Up. Accelerate Your Career 10x Faster by Crystal Khalil. Crystal, thank you so much for this amazing time that we've spent together today. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And do everybody make sure that you get the book on Amazon today. I know that because this was my initial response that in listening to all this amazing information, you want to say, but Steve, I've worked so hard. Why don't people just recognize me for that? You see, the thing about it is, is, is that if people don't know you, how are they going to recognize you? People aren't going out of their way in anything that you do, regardless of how well you do it to investigate to see if you're getting it done. We need to be our own best cheerleader. I say this all the time, but I'm going to say it again. If you don't like your Facebook post, why would you ever expect anybody else to? If you don't see yourself as an influencer, as influencing, as making the difference, the change that only you can make in the world, nobody else is going to have that vision for you and live your life, accelerate your career, and make you be the best version of yourself. That's something that each one of us has to take on our own. That's one of the key elements in living as a thriving entrepreneur. I hope that you really took a lot from that. I know I did, and I really appreciate the time Crystal spent with us today. We're going to take our last commercial break, and then we'll be right back 
here on Thriving Entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening today to Thriving Entrepreneur. I hope that you really will take this and you really will 10x your career, that you will learn how important networking is. I heard this amazing statement um, the other day and then I saw it repeated again in a Facebook message, same day. So, and it was from two different people, but they know each other, so they may have been, you know, talking. Um, but the 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 quote was. How big would your business be if the only way you would grow is based on how much networking you are doing? Now think about that for a second. If you couldn't buy ads, you couldn't make sales calls, you could only make relationships and network with people. Spend time, be in their world, get to know them. If that was the only option you had, how well would you be doing in your career? How well would your business be growing? What would your financial statement look like if that was the only way you could make things grow? Here's the uh, secret behind that. Really, ultimately, that is kind of the only way you can make things grow. Yes, you can pay money for advertising. You can do all of those kind of things. But people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. If you look at a huge brand name like Coca-Cola, for example, have you ever noticed how many of the Coca-Cola commercials have warm and fuzzy things in them? You know, cute polar bears, Christmas stuff. I mean, Coca-Cola almost single-handedly has created Christmas as we know it in the, in America. It's completely different than what it would have been a couple hundred years ago. They are constantly putting out commercials about, you know, I'd like to teach the world to sing and buy the world a Coke. It's those kind of things that really, really connects us with the brand. We feel like we're part of something bigger than us. And that's the same for everything that you're doing in your life. People aren't going to care how much you know until they know how much you care. 
So today is your day to begin to reach out to people. It doesn't matter whether you've been the best networker in the world or the worst. Today is your day to just simply let the people, both in your small immediate circle, family, friends, things like that, but also in the greater world around you, let them know how much you care. It'll make all the difference in everything you do in life. And you will see yourself thriving and heading towards all those goals that you have in life because people will see you. They will know your heart. Because ultimately, if like Scrooge, the only thing you care about is amassing for yourself, long term, that may work in the short term, but long term, you will come up short. But if people see your heart for doing for them and for caring for them, doesn't mean you can't have rules, boundaries, and limitations in your life. Doesn't mean you can't tell people no. It just simply means that you can do it in a caring way. You can reach out to people. You can be the best version of yourself because people need you in their life because you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose and the world needs you. But here's the thing, your unique brilliance, the purpose that only you can fulfill that the world needs, they're not gonna come to your door, knock on the door and say, hey, I really need you. Could you please come out here and help me? You're gonna have to step out. No matter how hard you are working diligently at what you do, if you don't share you with the world, the world isn't gonna come looking for you because it's not gonna know where to find you. Today is your day to share your unique brilliance maximize today while it's called today. Put your message out in the world. Let's get that book done. Join us in Bestsellers Guild. Go to bestsellersguild.com and sign up. Let's get going. Let's share you with the world. Network like we've never networked before and make a big difference so you can be a thriving entrepreneur. Until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance 
with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.